Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Howe. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news, meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Us, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be asking the question, will physician practices survive? And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechEye and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 16 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. We're in person. I know. Talking about physician practice survive. Is this the fun we were talking about? This is the, <laughs> this is the fun we're talking about. We, re- we very rarely have the opportunity to record our podcast it live in person. So this is definitely a special treat. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into it. Will physician practices survive? <laughs> Great question, John. Absolutely. I think uh, they'll definitely survive, but it may not be in the format that we have them currently today. Mm. I think definitely there's going to be have to be some changes and adaptation uh, in the years ahead. But I think physician practices are not going to go anywhere. Um, I think there's just too much of a need. And I think we're recognizing now that there needs to be that primary care physician and how that person can really cut healthcare costs overall by being the main point of contact for a lot of people who just need some rudimentary forms of care and non-acute care. Interesting. I'm not as strong as you. I think a lot of these physician practices are going to be gone. And I think they're going to be eaten up by the Walmarts of the world, the Amazons of the world, or they're just not going to keep up. And, you know, once that doctor retires, they're going to be gone. And I don't think someone's going to come and fill that place. So I think a lot of them are in trouble. Now, that said, there's going to be others that do adapt, that do change, that do evolve, and they're going to be just fine, right? So I don't think that we're going to see physician practices just disappear like we still need primary care and we still are going to have many locales where the primary care doctor is going to be a solo practitioner or a small group or whatever i think so the class and category of physician practices isn't going to die but i think some of them who aren't progressive who aren't forward thinking that you know their patients just are going to stop coming that's a good point you make. I mean, is the number of physician practices going to uh, change, uh, decrease over time? I think you're right. I think we're definitely going to see a decline, replaced perhaps by other forms of care that you know maybe are are piloting now or new ones that come through. But I think I guess where I was coming from is more the function mm-hmm. of uh, physician practices, the function of primary care. I don't think is going anywhere. I think it'll just maybe change where you go, or maybe physically where you're going to go, or how you're going to get your care. But I still think that we're going to one day wake up and realize, man, you know what? That local doctor that really knew me and knew my family <laughs> and knew my background and knew my circumstance can really do more to keep me out of the hospital than anyone else. Well, I think it's interesting to think about that because do we really want to? And I think we've seen an evolution in many people who are like, no, I don't really want that relationship. I mean, we did a previous episode on That's this, right? right? That's like, right. do we want a relationship or not? And so to me, yeah, the function of addressing a chief complaint, yeah, we got to do it some way or another, right? I mean, I don't think coughs and colds are leaving, right? right. Like, we're still going to, you know, cut our arm. We're going right. to do whatever, right? Like, we're going to need stuff that needs certain care. And then also primary care is going to help us with bigger things like cancer and other things. But the, the reason why I think many practices are in trouble is, is because the need to be able to address the whole person 
and the number of doctors we have going into primary care is off. And so there's gonna have to be some innovative companies and solutions and some mix of technology and people, I think that's fair, that are gonna come and say, our current system will not scale. And so it's an opportunity for an entrepreneur to say, what would a scaled up primary care look like? Because we absolutely have to have that. And once they do that, every other solo doctor is gonna have to compete with them. It's true. I mean, that's why I think what we're saying, both saying is that the physician practice, the successful physician practice of tomorrow looks very different mm -hmm. uh, than the one today. Because I think you're right, the current model, the current approach probably isn't going to survive. And if you are adhered just to that, then I think your days are a little bit numbered. Thankfully, having been to MGMA and having been to Shishmed and some other conferences, I'm feeling very confident that people are recognizing, okay, we need to do something different. In some cases, not radically different, <laughs> but just a new approach, a new way of providing that care, leading to that new future where there are those Walmarts and the Amazons and the Walgreens of the world providing one form of care and then still these practices that are serving the needs of their communities. Yeah, and I would describe, like, as I think, like, what should a physician practice be doing to adapt mm -hmm. in order to be able to thrive, right? I mean, because, you know, I think many practices kind of took it for granted sure. that we were just going to go to our insurance book and say, oh, there's a primary care doctor <laughs> and I'm going to go to the one that's closest or I'm going to go to the one that's highest rated or whatever, right? Like, and so they took for granted that these patients would just keep coming. And to be fair, many of us did, right? right. I mean, that's what happened for a long time. And so now I think, you know, they can't just take for granted that patients are gonna wanna come see them. There's not gonna be the same loyalty either to the physician practice. I mean, I think about my mom. She, we moved from Utah to Texas. We lived in Texas for seven years. And after we moved back, guess where she went? to the same primary care doctor that we'd had seven years previous because she was like, I love this guy and I wanna to go to him. And sure enough, we went back. Like, I don't think that's gonna happen anymore, sure. at least to the extent it did you know, in previous years. So now it's gonna be like, okay, what's gonna be more convenient? What's gonna be more flexible? What's gonna take in my whole person? What's gonna look at alternative care? What's gonna provide a digital one? I mean, the same way I looked at an accountant, I said, oh, I love that I found my accountant on Twitter not because I cared if he was on Twitter or not, but I knew that he was progressive and would use technology appropriately. I think the same thing will happen with healthcare. Yeah, and I think that's, what, for me, that's one of the keys for physician practices to thrive in the future is you have to embrace technology. And I, and I mean beyond like online booking of appointments <laughs> and, and no waiting rooms. They have a website, does yeah. that count? <laughs> but but just, just knowing like, okay, like uh, when I go in, uh, I'm gonna be able to see my whole record and they're gonna be able to take some data from me from some of the things that we were tracking of whether or not I was sleeping properly, right? And, and just a lot of these kinds of things. I'm not saying they have to monitor me 24 seven, but I wanna be able to bring that in and have a discussion with my doc, right? Around that stuff. That's not things that typical practices do today. And I know we're focusing on primary care, but you know, I think that is where, and we've seen a little bit of this, right? Like so there were a couple of organizations right here in Vegas, right? Of course, that were ahead of their, ahead of the time mm -hmm. that provided all these digital means and a digital digital version of yourself to be able to monitor and track. Um, I think that's coming. I think people are realizing, oh, that's what I need to really thrive in that practice world in the future. And also, you know, in terms of more one-stop shopping, 
yeah. right? Where I can go and be like the labs right there, right? The the uh, the other specialists that I would typically see are right there. I don't have to go anywhere else. I got a pharmacy attached, right? Like. I think we're going to see more of those medical complexes come through and say, that's my practice mm, and I'm and fully integrated. Yeah, I think the medical complex is interesting. Uh, and just it, to me, it, it doesn't necessarily even have to be a physical one, but a coordinated one. Right. So that I, you know, like, I mean, the bar is so low in healthcare in some cases. <laughs> like, I mean, think about how amazing it would be to go to a practice and they don't hand you the clipboard because they already have your data, right? <laughs> like, exactly. you know, like, you're like, wait, that sounds normal. That's what everyone should do. And you're like, yet, you know, what happens when you go to a practice? Here's a clipboard of the same stuff you filled out three times for the same organization in many cases. And you're like, you know, like that's a low bar, let alone do you proactively care about me? And by the way, if you really care about me, sometimes you're going to say, hey, this is a three minute visit and get out of here because you got to go to your kid's soccer game, right? And sometimes you're like, no, I need to spend an hour with you and really understand your needs and understand, you know, the, your approach to wellness and how I can facilitate it. So I think that personalization and customization is going to be key. But what's interesting is you can't do that with people. I think you have to use technology to personalize it to the extent that someone wants to, so that it really feels like a unique care experience for them. Uh, you know, I'd love, I mean, humans would do it, right? I mean, if we all had the, the doctor, like the president of the US, we would have that, right? right? But we can't do that, so. But, you know, I think also in addition to technology, which we'll circle back to, I think there's stuff physically that's happening to physician practices, especially in primary care, that are starting to come through that are really amazing, where you know the hallway is down the middle and the rooms are off to the side, right? So the doc can just walk between rooms very, very quickly. They don't have to walk all the way around an office. And then also they have monitoring, kind of like what they do in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. How long has this been person been waiting? Right. And how long has that person been waiting? How long have they been in the waiting room, or maybe not even waiting, but like in the mall, right? And I have to text them to come back in. How long have they been there? and just tracking all that stuff and just being aware that someone has been waiting that long and sending them updates. These are the kinds of things that people I think are gonna really start to notice as, and or these are the things that the practices will have to adopt in order to thrive down the road. Yeah, I mean, think about even just the wait times, yeah. right? Like. I think it goes back to just taking for granted that they were here there in the captive audience and their insurance was stuck there and whatever, right? right. And so that's why they did what they did. But and, and I've talked to many doctors who said, yeah, there are specific incidents where I'm late and people would understand that. But if you're habitually every single day, an hour or two late, then that's just bad planning, right? Like that's bad organization. And it's like, imagine if we went to a restaurant and sometimes you had to wait an hour, sometimes you had to wait two, and by the way, I'm not gonna tell you. It might be three minutes or it might be, you know, at least restaurants tell us, hey, guess what, you're waiting an hour and you might choose, I'm gonna go across the street, right? Like, and so, you know, like, I think that has to change as well, is understanding the details of that, and sure, yeah, I mean, I think humans are, are relatively forgiving, but, you know, not if it's habitually every single time that way, it's like, well, that's just poor planning. <laughs> that's very true. I'm very excited, actually, for what's going to happen uh, for some of these practices. Again, just talking to some of these people at the various shows that I've been and listening to the strong desire to change, right? To figure something out. And some of them, it's like you know, they had to completely change models, right? And go to value, go to value-based care contracts, or go right over to uh, direct primary care. Others are like, no, 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 I can, I can innovate within the system. I can do some things to really take care of my patients. And I think, to me, those that were in it for the money, which we know a lot of, a lot of people 
you know, hey, that's not. You didn't go to primary care if you want money. Exactly. <laughs> but I think that there's Maybe sort of something's of happening that with some of the practices closing, what we're left with with the people who really want to be there and I really want to try to make a go of this. And so I'm excited actually for what's going to happen over the next couple of years with the, with the practices. Well, and I think the other thing that's key is practices have something that, you know, hospital health systems that are acquiring all the practices, that the Googles of the world that are, are getting in, Amazon getting into it, all of these companies that are getting into it, like what they don't have is, is nimble, yes. right? They can't be nimble the way a physician practice can. Like you literally could decide we're gonna change something and do it, right? right. Like you don't have to wait, there's no committees. You, you, you could just exactly. roll it out and you could create this personalized experience. Granted, you don't have as many resources, so you have to be a little more creative <laughs> possibly, but the nimbleness you can use to your advantage. Right, absolutely. Hey, listen, if you're t just tuned in, you're listening to Colin Hung and John Lin here at Healthcare IT Today. Today we're talking about whether physician practices are going to make it and what the future looks like. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by MGMA, who's putting on the MGMA uh, MPEL conference. You can go check that out at mgma.com. So John, let's, let's talk and uh, get to the fun stuff. What technologies do you think are going to change or that physician practices are going to need to adopt in order to thrive in the future? Yeah, did you just call the tech stuff the fun stuff? I think You've so. become quite the nerd, Colin. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm you're, so you're, you're rubbing of off you. on me. You're rubbing off on me, John. What can I say? What I'm proud of your tech nerddom now. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think that there are exciting technologies here that make their lives easier. And, you know, I, you know, in some of our AR ones, we talked about this, right? Like, the AI solutions are about taking away the mundane. Like, does a practice really want to answer the phone and schedule the patients? No, like <laughs> who wants to do that? That's not a fun job, right? And there were some control questions and did they trust it? But guess what? We've solved that, right? Like people can do this and there's a structure that you can do this, right? And you can use technology and understanding to, to schedule and allow for online self-scheduling, right? Like something as simple as that is like gonna make a dramatic difference. I look at the billing side. Mm. You know, billers are hard to find. We have workforce issues. Same with the front desk that might be doing the scheduling, right? Like these workforce issues are going to be solved by technology. So on the revenue cycle side, like, you know, whether it's, you know, computer assisted coding, you know, that that's going to be interesting to see. It hasn't quite lived up to billing. But I think on the collection side, we're seeing it happen a lot with low balances or with, you know, other, you know, how do I automate uh, the payment plans and, and choose what payment plan is right for that patient? Like all of these technologies are available for a physician practice to use and be able to do with very little staff. Yeah, no, I, there's there's plenty of technologies that I think are going to impact uh, physician practices, and they have to adapt. I go back to something you said earlier around uh, the waiting room, right? Like we, we definitely have we can't have uh, we they have to adapt technology that allows people not to wait in the physical room. Mm. Like that, you know, whether it's a page, whether it's a sorry, page, a text, right, that, that goes. Uh, <laughs> Healthcare might send a page. Maybe, that's send funny. A page. maybe I'll send a fax. Let you yeah, know send a fax, hey, your, your, your room is ready. <laughs> no, but, but that kind of technology, like, like again, that restaurants have had, that, that hotels have, they say your room is ready, right, they, they text you. I think those are simple things that physician practices and technology, they can adapt. The other part is the whole intake side, whether it's you know filling out the form online, right? Looking to see uh, you know what, where can I book and how can I book the appointment. But even before that, like actually getting matched 
to a provider that matches my preferences. Can they speak this language? Are they familiar with the culture and my background? And, and those are kinds of things that we are starting to see now, right? In terms of being able to go and do that provider search before actually booking the appointment. I think those are things that we definitely will have to uh, have in order to thrive down, down the road. Yeah, and I look at it on the clinical side. And if, you know, this is a, something that physician practices should be really aware of because it's going to happen on the health system side. They're going to invest in these, but guess what? The physician practice can too. And that's things like, you know, how the EHR is going to provide the right information and how the EHR may even do the whole wellness planning or the chronic care management planning and engagement that provides the information to the physician so that when I walk in there, he's not saying, so how have you been in the last two months? Like, that's like a waste of time, right? Why are they doing a history, you know, like when that could have been collected by the HR or by some sort of application or program to do chronic care management to know like, well, how is your weight progressing? How is your blood right. pressure progressing? So that then I have a full picture for you. And to be fair, the physician practice is not going to do this, right? They're going to rely on the EHR vendors. They're going to rely on a third party, they, perhaps. Yeah. Exactly. They are going to change the interface so that one, if the data is collected to be able to inform the next visit, and two, that it's going to be presented in a way that takes off the cognitive burden on the physician that makes it so that that time, which we know is short for good reason, with the doctor is actually spent dealing with the problems and addressing the situations, you know, hearing what you're feeling, et cetera, as opposed to, okay, so what allergy do you have? Which I understand there's some fail safes you want to have or whatnot, but there's better uses of your time than that. So John, what, what, uh, what are some of the organizations uh, that you're keeping your eye on or that we should keep our eye on when it comes to physician practices in terms of the next six to 12 months? Like who's going to be a mover or a shaker or, what kinds of technologies should we really be going, yeah, you know what, we need to adapt that. Yeah, I mean, I think the physician practices number one that they're watching out for is this retail health, private equity, big tech going after, you know, whether it's Amazon with Amazon Healthcare, whether it's Walgreens, whether, you know, all of these, Walmart obviously is making a big play. And they're, they're, they're looking at and saying, you know, what are we gonna do? So I think that would be the number one to watch and see, because what's going to happen is they're going to provide an experience that patients are going to like. Right. And so the physician practice could sit there and say, oh, well, I already have a relationship with them. If they do that, that's when I think we're going to have issues. But if they say, oh, they provided this experience, which, you know, provided a seamless way to get access to drugs, et cetera. Like, oh, I can do that in mine or right. can I, right? And can I follow what they're doing and do something similar? So I think that's maybe the place to start. Yeah, definitely. I would say keep, let's keep our eye on Amazon and Walmart, Walgreens, and, and all those folks to see what they're doing from the retail health side, uh, and and maybe borrow right some of yeah, the things and conveniences and adopt it for yourself. I'm also you know one of the organizations I'm very keen to keep an eye on, of course, is uh, you know what's happening with One Medical, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 I know that's that's you know now it's all part of the big conglomerate, but what they were doing was pretty advanced and pretty awesome in the in the physician practice space. It wasn't quite a roll up, it was also quasi technology, it was a bit of everything. But from the feedback I've been getting from people who are you know in the One Medical network uh, and using One Medical uh, practices, they, they loved it. They loved the experience and the, the focus on technology, the adoption of technology. So that's definitely one organization that I would keep uh, my eyes on. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing that's really interesting for me is you look at acquisitions like Kairos, who acquired, uh, you know, a, a company, the digital front door yep, company opinion. called Epian Health, Epian right? Health, yep. And you look at that and you're like, why did they do that? Well, what did Epian provide? It provided the front door services that you're talking about, that digital check-in, that experience that we experience everywhere else in our life. Like, and the question is, are they going to roll them up into a enterprise, you know, digital front door package that's going to, you know, and go do patient engagement? I mean, I'm watching what Salesforce is announcing at their Dreamforce conference, right? And how they're going more in that direction as well. And how can they engage patients and how can they make it easy for organizations to engage them, right? That's changing how we think about healthcare in general and what the experience should be. I think the other thing, a little bit of a threat, uh, although maybe not so much, but it's, it's uh, these new AI technologies that are coming out that help with patient triage and symptom checking, right? And so instead of like going to the, my doctor and just going, hey, this is, my, this is what's happening, I could go online, uh, maybe to a doctor's website, but, but also but interact with an AI bot that says, okay, tell me your symptoms, uh, let's get the readouts from you know, the devices that maybe you have in their home. And you know, hey, you know what, like, there's probably a 60% chance you have this, which probably means you don't need to do anything. Just you know, mm. treat it with over-the-counter stuff. You're probably fine. But you know, uh, you know, and in some other cases, it may be like, no, no, you know what? This is something you need to go to the ED for. Or no, you know what? Go ahead and make that appointment. Mm. I, I think that's really. I'm really excited about that technology because I think that has the potential to reduce costs and direct people to the right level of care. But I think as a as a physician practice, you have to be aware of those kinds of technologies to go. Hey, maybe I can be the provider of that. Uh, symptom checker and not be sort of the victim of that symptom sure. checker. No, that's a good way to look at it. I also think, you know, we've, we've talked about Dr. Google and right. that everyone turns to Dr. Google forever. Well, I think that's evolving as well. We're no longer saying Dr. Google, although we are, right? And we probably <laughs> will for a long time. But we're also going to Dr. Facebook mm. and we're going to Dr. Reddit. And we're going to doctor other social media platform I'm yeah. on because there's these micro communities within Facebook where it's like, oh, I want to know who are the best doctors for this. Or, you know, you go to Reddit, there's these micro communities of people that you trust. And so you say, hey, what should I do about this? And, and that's changing how it is. Like, let me tell you a story. One of the people who lived in Denver, turns out their child lived in Vegas and they needed to go see a specialist. And what did they do? They DM'd me that lives in Vegas and said, hey, I'm trying to look for this specialist and here's the need and I want someone who's caring and thoughtful. And they gave the whole requirements like you would do in like some health grades or ZocDoc thing, right? But like with, with compassion, you know, and I wanted someone who cares and is excellent at their job and cares and all this. And so I actually reached out to my network and said, hey, who can you know? help me with this? Sure. And sure enough, I sent it to her and she's, you know, she sent her son there. So it's like, you know, there's all these little social media powered networks that are influencing where we go now that I think are much more powerful than most physician practices realize. Nice. No, I, I agree. I think you know, that's going to be very, very nice to be able to figure out a way to tap into those communities, right? Uh, and whether, you know, we've always, we've debated for a long time whether or not doctors have to be online or not, but this is way you can differentiate yourself, right? And this is the way you can thrive in a new environment where patients are taking more uh, uh, control of their own care and tapping into their private networks. And there's nothing to say that one of those places you can tap is a very, very compassionate, very empathetic, very understanding physician who can uh, use that technology. 
you know, the other things I'm very interested, you mentioned it before, I think the organizations we should keep our eyes on are the people like uh, the Enoblons of the world, the Coral Health of the world, the people in the RCM space, because there is so much happening in that world with pre-authorizations and hidden insurance, and zero balances, and like all these things where they can actually help patients figure out like, oh, this is actually what you're gonna pay because I have found insurance that maybe you didn't weren't aware of or coverage that you weren't aware of. And, and by the way, here's the price, right? And all that stuff around billing and price transparency, I think will make a huge difference uh, for physician practices who adopt it early and who are able to offer that level uh, to their patients. Yeah, Notion Health taught me about that as well, as far as like low balances. Well, yeah, if they're low balances, humans don't, it doesn't make sense for humans to go after them because inherently by nature, they're low balances. Right. So there's not a lot to collect. So again, this goes back to where we started, which is the technology is gonna be needed to enhance it. So then you could go after right. it, right? Because with the right technology, you can address those type of problems. And so one, I think physician practices on the RCM side are gonna need that to survive from a revenue standpoint, but then also on the care side, they need that technology to provide that, those small services, microservices to a patient that don't make sense for a human to provide, but that are gonna become an expectation of patients because of all these big companies who can provide it at scale. Right, I mean, we definitely know that the, let's let's be honest, the, the workforce challenge has definitely hit physician practices. So it's hard to keep billers, it's hard to keep RCM people. So having these technologies that can help with that, the automation and so forth, definitely gonna be needed down the road. And definitely, I think if I was a practice, I would definitely keep my eye on that type of technology and those kinds of organizations. Yeah, and I'd be way interested to watch the reputation space mm. and see what's gonna happen there. Like that should tell us how physician practices are doing right. versus their competitors, <laughs> if you will, the one medicals of the world, I guess right. now Amazon. And you know, like, uh, you know, how are they ranking on these ratings and reviews? And of course I know there's ways to game it and different things, but I think the companies that are looking at that, right, are gonna have a really good picture of what the future for physician practices are. Cause our patient's gonna say, oh, I love this experience with my local doctor. Or are they going to say, why would I go there? I want to tell a health visit and they wouldn't do it. And so now, uh, you know, what do I do? So I think that's a place to watch and see what the future holds. Excellent. Hey, listen, John, this was so much fun to do this in person. I wish we had more time and we got to definitely do this a little more often, I think. Yeah, I think it's a lot we got to get together more. Yeah, we got to have a little more fun by talking about more tech, health technology. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, listen, thanks for those who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. For more information about our show, head on over to the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com and also check us out on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM or come to our website at healthcareittoday.com. I'm Colin Hung, along with my friend and ILT IT collaborator, John Lynn. Thanks for being here.